Hey, what's going on? My name is Matthew and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. This is a place where we hope that you can be encouraged, that your faith can be built up, and that you can leave feeling more connected to Jesus and His church than when you tuned in. Hi, if we haven't met, my name is Shane. I'm excited for our time together today. I'm a husband to the most amazing woman in the world. This weekend is 11 years married to my best friend. I'm also a dad to three incredible kids, seven, five, and three are their ages. Two girls, boy in the middle. So he is going to make some woman very happy someday growing up in the middle of two sisters. I'm also a pastor at a church called Real Life, and I love Jesus. He has done so much in my life. He has set me free He has brought joy in the midst of hardship. He has brought peace in the midst of painful circumstance time and time again. He's been so good in revealing his love and his faithfulness to me. And I'm excited to learn from him together today. Just recently, my family and I had the opportunity to to go get away for a few days at some waterfront nearby. And during that time, we got to relax. We got to swim and play. We got to slow down and, and, and read. And man, we actually intentionally kind of disconnected a little bit. I had my phone turned off for four days. At first, I was nervous. I was like, am I going to be able to handle four days of not being connected to the outside world? But it was so amazing. It was so incredible. And honestly, when it came time to, to kind of come back to reality, to come back home, I had a hard time turning my phone on again, knowing the barrage of notifications that were waiting for me. And we came back and we came back kind of being reminded that, hey, even though we had this really amazing moment, these amazing few days together to connect and be with each other as a family, man, there's still a lot of hard things happening in our world, right, right in our community. When we came back to some, some personal challenges of some relational tensions and being reminded of all the, just the tensions and divisions and kind of toxicity going around in our, our culture, whether it's media or social media. We came back and the day after we, we came back home, we got a phone call and we found out that our one-year-old nephew who's up in Alaska had had, had a seizure and he'd been brought to the hospital. And he's had, had heart challenges from before he was born. They've, they've known about this. And they know this has always been a possibility. And while they were at the hospital, his heart stopped beating for 15 minutes. They had to administer CPR. They actually medevaced him from Anchorage to Seattle Children's Hospital. They're, they're there right now, undergoing tests and, and surgery, trying to, to get his heart to a spot of, of, of health and, and, and wholeness and safety where they can feel confident sending him home, knowing that he's going to be okay. And all of this kind of hit us within the matter of 24 hours coming back. And if I'm honest, there was part of me that I just wanted to go away again. I, I wanted to go somewhere else where I was disconnected from reality, disconnected from everything that was happening, all of the challenges. That's not really an option, is it? We can't just run away from life. Yeah, sure, we have these momentary times to get away and, and, and to unplug and disconnect, but we can't always be there, right? Like we have responsibilities. There's people who are depending on us, people that we're in relationship with. We can't neglect those things. And so sometimes I'll, I'll look for other escapes. You know, maybe it's entertainment or social media, or for some of us, it's a substance, it's alcohol or some other substance that makes us feel good. Even, even food that we would go to for times of comfort, I think the question it leads me to ask is how do I be okay 
when things around me are not okay. We all want to be okay, right? And we all want to have that emotional state, that mental stability, that, that calmness in our hearts. We, we want it to be there and not leave us the moment bad news hits or something offends us or bothers us. How do you and I be at peace when the world around us is not peaceful? And I think in this conversation, this portion of scripture that we're going to look at today, I think Jesus really leads us in this moment and what it looks like to be okay when things around us are not okay. If you have a Bible, Bible app, Luke chapter eight is where we are today. Luke is this historian. He's a doctor. He's an educated man who has put time in with interviews and investigating to to put together this accurate and authoritative account of Jesus's life and ministry. So for those of us who are reading it centuries, millennia later, we can have confidence the things we are reading are true and accurate. And Jesus is with these men called his disciples, these 12 men that he has invited to follow him, to leave whatever life they had prior to and really devote themselves to learning from him as his students, as his apprentices, to to imitating his life in every way. We pick it up in verse 22 of chapter eight, where it says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, these 12 Jewish men, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. Now this other side is in reference to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they were on the Jewish side. That's, That's the side they were familiar with, comfortable with, and Jesus says, let's, let's go to the other side. Here's the thing. If you were a good Jewish man in that day, you did not go to the other side. If you did, you were only looking for trouble because they didn't like you and you didn't like them. That was the non-Jewish area. People who thought different than you, had different moral compass than you did, had different belief system, different practices that were very offensive to you. And so right away, when Jesus says, hey, let's go to that other side, there's tension in your hearts if you're one of these men. What do you mean, Jesus? You want want us to go where people think differently, believe differently, live differently, and you want us to, to be there and actually interact with them? Are you crazy? The tension in these men's hearts was real just from that statement alone. It says, as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. I love that Luke includes this here. Because oftentimes Jesus, I think about him, I talk about him, he's, he's fully God. He's 100%, his, his deity, his divinity. But to also remember, he was fully man. He got tired. He needed to rest. So if you and I are tired in this season, Jesus knows how you feel, not just intellectually, but he's been there and experienced it. He settles down for a nap, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Now the lake, the water was known as the abyss. It was associated with chaos for these men. They would think back to Noah and the flood when the entire earth was flooded. And so they stayed off the waters. They stayed off the sea unless they had good reason to. But man, this this sea specifically, the Sea of Galilee was known for sudden violent storms stirring up out of nowhere. Now, there's a little bit of mixture among these men who are here. I mean, there's a few fishermen who are the experienced ones who certainly like they've seen storms in their life. They've they've experienced those moments. And so surely they're not going to be freaking out. But then you've got Matthew, the banker, 
the tax collector. And I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, okay, I'm okay as long as they're okay. When Peter starts freaking out, then I need to start freaking out. And apparently they're all freaking out. Like this is a moment of, of chaos and turmoil for these men and they're scared for their lives. They go and they wake Jesus up shouting, master, master, we're going to drown. And this moment of chaos, the waves rising, the wind whipping. I mean, just think about a natural disaster that, that you're scared for your life. Maybe you've experienced one of those. Maybe it was an earthquake or a tornado or, or a hurricane where you've been there wondering, am, am I gonna be okay? Are we going to survive? That's where these men are. And while the threat for them was the wind and the waves, the, the threat for us is, is, is COVID. The, the threat for us is, is the, the epidemic of, of racism in, in, in our nation, in our world. The, the threats for us are the uncertainty of the economy the political tensions and divides, like are things going to be okay? And now in all this toxic communication, trying to pull us one way or the other way, these, these threats coming at us, or even just the simple question of what is school for my kids going to look like in the fall? And how are we going to navigate that as a family? How do I lead my kids through this season in a healthy way? These disciples were up against a very literal storm, but there are figurative storms that we are navigating today, right now. It says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Jesus stands up and he just basically tells the storm, knock it off. You're done, stop. And the storm listens. All of a sudden it goes from raging ear-piercing wind and, and waves washing over them to complete silence. You can imagine their hearts beating out of their chest. You can imagine the adrenaline pumping through their veins. And all of a sudden, it all is quiet around them. Maybe even so quiet that they can still hear the sound of their own heartbeat that hasn't caught up to the stillness and silence around them. An eerie silence almost after such a storm. And then he asked them, where is your faith? And the disciples were terrified and amazed. And they asked a question of their own. Who is this man? When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Now the disciples had witnessed amazing things from Jesus already. They'd been there when Jesus healed people of diseases. They'd even witnessed him raise someone from the dead. But there was something about this moment, this encounter, when his voice commanded creation and creation obeyed like a well-trained puppy, just sat down silently. That caused him to go, whoa. Maybe we thought we knew who Jesus was, but there's a different level of authority in his life that we are coming to see and experience right now. Who is this man? That's the most important question you and I will ever answer in our lives. Who do you say Jesus is? What authority does he have in your life? Who is he to you? And I think from this passage, these, these short few verses here, this, this moment, we see Jesus showing us what it looks like to be okay when things around us are not okay. Even when, when, the, when the storms are raging around us, how do we be grounded in a spot that's deeper than circumstances, deeper than just external things changing, but actually in our, our hearts and our souls, be grounded, be at peace, be 
okay. Well, the first truth I think Jesus wants us to be encouraged by is that he is with you. Jesus is with you. He is in the boat with these men. He's he's in your proverbial boat. He He is with you. He could have gone ahead to the other side of the lake and said, guys, catch up. I'll meet you over there. But no, he's in the boat with them. Jesus is near. Jesus is present. He is not distant. He is not far off in storms. He does not run away until things are calm again and then comes back. No, he is very much there in presence in the storms of life you're facing today. This is even what led God to come to earth in the first place. Why Jesus would be willing to put on flesh, would be willing to leave his throne in heaven and come humbly as a baby, be born in such a humble manner and grow up experiencing life, the difficulty, the challenges, the pain, the heartache. He was willing to endure that to be with you because he loves you. Jesus is with you. He is not distant. He is not far off. He is with you in this season. And for you and I, in the midst of storms, we have to make a conscious decision, a conscious choice to look to him. See, when I look at how big the waves are, when I listen to how loud the wind is and, and the, all the, the different news feeds or, or, or different things swirling around on social media, when I, when I listen more to there than I do the, the quiet voice of God trying to speak to my heart, then I'm giving more attention to the storm than I am to Jesus. And Jesus can only bring me to the spot of peace if I would look to him and remember that he is with me. He hasn't left just because circumstances are difficult and challenging. He hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't abandoned you. He is with you and he loves you. And if you're listening today, and you don't yet know and love Jesus. I pray that you would hear his love for you that he would come, that he would live, that he would lay down his life so he could have relationship with you. Not because he was lonely. He wasn't lacking anything. As God, he is complete and all sufficient in and of himself, but to display his love for you. He not only created you, but then he came to make relationship possible again. Because every one of us, we try to put ourselves in God's place. Instead of trusting that God knows best, that he will tell us what is good and evil, how how life is best lived out in his design, we think that we know best. God never moved. He, He didn't break his part of the relationship. You and I did. But God in his love was willing to pay the full price to make relationship possible. He is with you. And you focus your attention on Jesus by going to his word. By, by believing that his word communicates his heart and his character that speaks to you today. By meditating, by allowing your, your thoughts to be filled with the good things, his promises of what he declares, of what he's already done. And if he's been faithful, then he will be faithful to you still. There's this man named Paul who, man, for so much of his life, he was hell bent on crushing the movement of Jesus He was opposed to Jesus and everything that Jesus represented and everyone who claimed to follow Jesus. And he has this encounter with the resurrected Jesus on on, on his way to go persecute and imprison followers of Jesus. And he's humbled. 
he's broken in this encounter with Jesus, realizes the error of his ways, and then becomes one of the, the greatest, if not the single greatest contributors to the mission moving forward in the first century of Jesus' church advancing and people being saved. And this, this man, he writes these words. In Philippians chapter four, he says, don't fret or worry when things are not okay, when you don't feel okay. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Like let, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Change the things that are causing you anxiety and, and, and fear and worry. Change those things into prayers. I recognize how much I talk to myself about the things I'm thinking about and worried about and consumed with. And it's such a small switch to, to change from talking to myself to talking to God, but it's a switch that I don't make often enough. Turn your worries into prayers, letting that God know your concerns. Let him know your concerns. He says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Don't you want to be settled? He says, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. He wants to displace. He wants to actually come and replace the worry with himself. He says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, Things to praise, not things to curse. It's important if you, are, if you and I are going to be okay when things aren't okay, that we learn to give attention to our thought life. What, what thoughts am I allowing to consume me? What, what, what thoughts are driving my emotions, driving my motivations? And, and, and Paul reminds us, hey, make sure you're thinking about those things that are true, reputable. See, God does not change. Well, it almost seems like daily or even multiple times, moment by moment throughout the day, based on what pops up on a news feed or on a social media post, things change rapidly. We need something that's more constant, grounded. God is that constant in our lives. Give attention to your thought life. Jesus is with you and he will lead you to the right things as you center your heart on him and devote time and attention to his word and to prayer. Not only is he with you, but Jesus is for you. You have to hear this, his love for you, his grace for you, his compassion is for you. Jesus' number one emotional response whenever he was with people who were hurting, with people who were broken, who were desperate, who were humbled and recognized that they could not fix themselves or moments that they were just looking for someone to give some kind of direction and answer. They're often, they were described as, they're like pe people who were like sheep without a shepherd, wandering, trying to find where's, where's the good place? Where's the right water? Where's the right pasture? Where, who should I be looking to and listening to? His number one response to people is compassion. He is for you. His love for you. His grace is for you. This is what it means to be still and know that he is God. To recognize my inability to control the circumstances around me, to control the situations that are overwhelming me. But if I can just be still before God, know that he is good. 
know that he loves me, know that he is with me and for me. He promises that he is near you when your heart is heavy and burdens, when you don't know what to do or where to turn, he promises that he is with you. I want to read this promise, even pray this promise with you. Psalm 34 says this, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Maybe just to center your heart on these truths, if you need to close your eyes or even open your hands in a posture of surrender and expecting to receive God's love for you. Just hear these words. The Lord hears his people. God hears you. He's not so far away that your cries don't reach him. He hears you. He rescues them from all their troubles. God wants to rescue you. The Lord is close to the broken hearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Your heart is hurting. I feel like your spirit is crushed. God is with you, near you. He loves you. He wants to be with you and rescue you. Verse 19, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Not just one time. there's, There's no end to how many times he'll come to rescue each time. He will rescue. You look back and see he's been faithful before. He'll be faithful now. Jesus is with you. And Jesus is for you. And the storms of life, as uncomfortable and as scary as they are, the storms reveal where my faith is. See, when things are calm and steady and predictable, I, I can say my, my faith is in Jesus. I can say I'm trusting God. When Jesus asked me that question, where is your faith? But the real test is when the storm comes and what do I run to? Am I trying to escape by my own vices that are only temporary and work for a time? Then often when they wear off, I'm actually worse off than I was before. Or or do I truly come to Jesus desperate for his love and his leadership, desperate for intimacy with him? It's, It's cultivating this connection to Jesus that's not externally focused. It's it's in our hearts. See, Jesus, when you say yes to him and surrender to his leadership, his spirit actually comes and resides in you. There is no closer connection, no closer relationship that you can have with the spirit of God inside you when you surrender to Jesus and his leadership in your life. And there's times where we need to cultivate that that place of intimacy that place of rest, that place of peace that God alone can give and bring to you. See, Jesus is greater than the storm. He spoke and the waves and the winds recognized his voice because it was the same voice that spoke them into existence at the moment of creation. And that same voice of Jesus speaks to your heart today. It's his love for you. It's his grace for you. It's his compassion in your life that he is with you and that he is for you. And no matter what storm you are facing, whether it's the collective storm of of COVID or or political pressure or racism, or, or maybe the storm is cancer or depression or anxiety, or or someone that you love and know and care about in the hospital fighting for their lives, or it's betrayal or it's abuse. Jesus is greater than any storm. 
and he loves you so much and he's powerful and able, he will either rescue you, deliver you from the storm or he will lead you through the storm by his grace and be there with you every step of the way and never leave you or forsake you. If God's speaking to your heart today, I want to invite you to respond, to say yes to his leadership. We want to walk with you in any next step. You can text the number on the screen, go to our website. We want to walk with you in whatever next step God is calling you to take today because we are in this together. We are in the boat together. While there's lots of reasons it seems to divide and and set up different camps of I'm in this camp, I'm in that camp and we can't get along because you believe that, I believe as much as culture right now and its its toxicity would seek to, to separate and divide, there's far more that brings us together. We are in this together. And Jesus has a mission. He has a mission to see you and every person you know and love come to know him say yes and surrender to his leadership in their lives. And his mission in this moment, as Luke captures it for us, his mission needed to continue on that other side, on that scary side, that scary place where people, good people didn't go, that that dark place that we're gonna see next week. I'm excited as we continue this conversation. His mission was moving him there. And while the storm seemed to get in the way and maybe he was even gonna stop the mission here in this moment, the storm didn't stop Jesus in his mission then and it will not stop Jesus in his mission now. So as we're facing these common pressures together and as we're each navigating the individual pressures that we face, no storm, no amount of chaos, no amount of uncertainty can stop Jesus from his work in your life, his promises being fulfilled, his mission moving forward in you and through you. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. We surrender our trying to control the uncontrollable, at least for us. We surrender grasping at different things, trying to make sense of all of it. We, we surrender our own attempts to, to make ourselves okay. We don't look to external circumstances or, or things or devices to bring us peace. God, we, we quiet our hearts before you. We don't look at how big the waves are. We don't hear how loud the wind is raging. God, we look to your power and your goodness in our lives. We listen to your voice speaking to our hearts that you love us, that you are with us. And that nothing can stop you and your will being accomplished. And that's where our hope is found. That's where our peace is found. We love you in your name, amen. We're gonna respond and worship together. Would you worship with us? Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to stay in touch and visit the description for our contact info. We would love to be praying for you. As always, we hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Take care.